Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. On today's show, we're talking about pretty much everyone, including TagWhat, Red Laser, Shopkick, Saucony, Foursquare, LooConnect, Groupon, Savored, Eavesdrop, Cisco, ThinkSmart, and Google. Plus, very special guest, Gary Schwartz, author of Fast Shopper, Slow Store. Welcome, everybody. This is episode number 97 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, and I'm doing this live from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and it is September 29th, Saturday night. As usual, with me from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Mr. Asif Khan. Asif, take it away, buddy. How are you? I'm great, yeah. So it's Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. Uh, don't need to uh, introduce that anymore, I don't think. Uh, I'm great. I'm, uh, you know, actually uh, been in town for a couple of days and uh, heading back on the road tomorrow. So. Well, you've been all over the place, and uh, you're just back from a, a what, like a 16 hours in uh, in LA. I watched you uh, check in, and uh, you know what? It seemed like you were checking into a lot of Starbucks, right? But I guess on a, like a, an overnight trip like that, uh, you were in LA for uh, Social Media Week, uh, but it, you were only there for a day, right? 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. I was just in and out, just just to do a a panel. Uh, as part of Social Media Week, uh, a location-based panel with um, it was sponsored by a company called Shoutlet, which is a uh, social CRM location listening uh, platform, really, really uh, popular with retailers and restaurant chains. Uh, so they sponsored it. Um, so uh, Jason Weaver, their uh, CEO, uh, was on the panel along with Nate uh, uh, from uh, Forrester. Uh, so um, yeah, so it was it was a really good discussion. It was moderated by the head of. Uh, a guy named Corey Klum, who's the head of digital strategy for Movember, of all things. So it was uh, it was a fun fun little panel. But you're in you're in and out. I mean, what was that? What was the feeling there compared to what you were seeing in the last couple of conferences that you've been at? It was a totally different crowd for sure. I mean, I, I mean, I've been coming from conferences that are pure retail or restaurant industry or mobile payments or you know whatever. So, so this was a very mixed bag uh, within the crowd of you know entrepreneurs starting you know companies up. From scratch, uh, seasoned veterans like one of the one of the founders of uh, Zarly was in the room, uh, just sitting sitting back listening. You know, got a new startup he's working on, and you know stuff like that. You know, people from you know f uh, film, television, fashion industry uh, around. I mean, it was it was a whole mix of, of stuff going on. So. It was, uh, it was it was good. It was good to hear like sort of different perspectives on things. Well, and obviously this is a um, well. Maybe I should ask this: Was this a much more educated crowd? You know, like in touch crowd than what you've seen in the restaurant and the retail industry conferences. Without yeah, insulting anybody, I would anybody? say people are using the tools more um, and, and certainly more familiar with things. So for sure. Yeah. Well, it's L.A., right? It's Tinseltown, and you probably didn't even need a hotel, did you? You just like flew in there, spent the day, flew back that night, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I did take the hotel, man. I I, I cannot do the uh, overnight. You know, the red eye anymore. I'm just uh, yeah. you're too old, man. Get, getting a little too old for that one. Well, uh, well, that's great. And you're heading off uh, tomorrow, uh, Sunday, for us, which is you know past the day I would have gotten this, but that's why we're doing it on a Saturday night. You're heading off to Chicago for what? I'm heading off to Chicago for Ramp, which is a uh, a big retail conference. Uh, it's going to be uh, three days of. Lots of talk about um, you know retail, where it's going around mobile and location. Uh, a big focus on payments. It's going to be the first public uh, keynote presentation by the uh, head of the MCX group, uh, led by Walmart and Sears and all those guys. So everybody will be uh, sitting there with 
bated breath waiting to hear what they have to say. Um, you know, all the other guys will be there as well from the payment side. But a lot of retailers, I mean, you know, the who's who of retail will be in the room. I mean, I was looking at the list the other day. You got Sears, you got Walmart, you got McDonald's, you got, you know, Walgreens, you know, Barnes and Noble. All these guys are going to be there. So it, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good a good couple of days of just saturated discussion on kind of where retail and all of this comes together. Well, then that makes me very excited about our Thanksgiving edition of this, simply because Canadian Thanksgiving, that is, which is next weekend, because then we'll get the wrap of that. We'll get your perspective. Maybe we'll spend a little bit more time on your kind of assessment of what ramp is and where retail stands. I mean, our, our special uh, interview today is with a guy, Gary Schwartz, who is obviously knee-deep in, in the payment side, knee-deep in the retail side. He's just released his, uh, his next book, which is Fast Shopper, Slow Store. And he talks to us a little bit about this. And, and uh, full interviews up on Untether.tv. It's an insane interview. And Gary is just a very thoughtful guy. And I'd love to see how, how his positioning is against what's going on in the with, with ramp and your, your perspective. Uh, so next week. So can we do that next week? Spend some time on it? Yeah, for sure. Very good. Uh, you know, um, I always call this out at the very end of the show, but I thought I would do it at the very beginning of the show. Uh, we have two partners that syndicate this show, and we want to welcome you guys. If you're listening to this from one of those websites, the first one, been doing it for a long time now, Street Fight Mag. Really appreciate the fact that they do this. This goes They, they send out the announcement on Friday, um, and if you are listening as a result of Street Fight Mag, welcome. Thank you guys for joining us. Second and newest um, um, content a, a distributor for us is uh, WIP, the uh, Wireless Industry Partnership. Uh, this is at WIPConnect.com. We really appreciate these guys. So if you're coming from either of those sites, welcome and thank you for joining this week in location-based marketing. There are 96 other episodes behind us that are full of great content. Go and check them out on Untether.tv or wherever you found this, the LBMA.com or um, I suppose any of the other two websites. So yeah. welcome. And just one other thought on that too. If you are listening to this and you know you have a uh, you know a site uh, where you you distribute content, we're we're open to that. So you know, reach out to us and let us know. You know, we'd be happy to uh, have you uh, uh, you know represent the content to to your audience as well. It's free. Take it while you can. It comes with both of us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, we got a big week. This week was a great week. I, I love the stories that you that you bring up, that you curate, that you collate, that you bring forward here. Uh, you know, a number of great little companies, uh, some companies that we thought maybe were, were disappearing, were being swallowed up, say Red Laser inside of eBay, but it looks like they're emerging now um, w with some of their own strategy. We've got the greatest thing I've ever seen, Lou Connect out of Singapore. We'll be talking about Foursquare and, uh, you know, a couple of new features that we're going to be talking about there. Um, our usual bevy of funding and acquisition talk, uh, great resource from Google. All right, let's get this going here. Uh, first story, a company called TagWhat uh, launching this new publishing system, uh, publishing tool for, uh, I mean, location-specific information. I, I like this because it does uh, it does remind me of something that Foursquare announced but uh, hasn't implemented. Why don't you talk a little bit about what TagWhat is? Why are they relevant? You know, who cares? So what? Yeah, so TagWhat, a great little company uh, based in Boulder, Colorado. Um, they're, they're built as a mobile tour guide for the world, is how they describe it. Um, re really, a, you know, sort of a, a digital bookmarking service to kind of map out, you know, places that you've been and kind of, you know, store that in a history. And um, not unlike what Gowalla had tried to be, you know, sort of this, this, this bookmark of your, of your travel experiences. Um, but what they've announced here is, is, is a new feature that they call uh, TagIt. Um, which is sort of like Pinterest uh, in some ways. And, and what happens is, is it's a browser plugin. And when you see content on a website that you think is interesting, 
you can hit this this button and it tags it and then associates it with you know properties or you know geo geotagging uh, properties in the physical world. Uh, not unlike what our friends at Foursquare announced way back when this thing called a uh, button called Save to Foursquare, which you know has completely disappeared off the map. It's not not available, or or if it is available, nobody talks about it anymore. Um, but you know when you think about online publishing, whether you're you know a big publishing company like a newspaper uh, company, or you're just you know you you know uh, your corporate website and and you want to tag content to that. You know this idea of associating that content on the web to you know physical things that are happening in the real world, um, you know, is it, for me is a big missed opportunity, and it's something that I like that Tagwatt is is going after it. Yeah, this is uh, you, you know if they can perfect that uh, that save to Foursquare feature, which I think is a killer feature. So for those of you who don't know what the save to Foursquare concept is, is that you're kind of looking at an ad or you're looking at a restaurant uh, review or something to that extent, and you're basically scan it. I mean, a QR code, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do, um, but you you scan it, you zap it uh, into your smartphone, and it saves it to your Foursquare location. So the next time you're in proximity with the radar feature on, it should be tagged. It should say, Hey, listen, that restaurant that you that you like. Or, or that show that you wanted to see is around the corner just reminds you based on your location. And, and that, I think, is a killer feature. It's a killer feature for advertisers, print and digital media and television yeah. and everything. And I think that if these guys can perfect that, they have to get out of the browser and into real life. So they have to be able to have that tagging system, whether it's a QR code or an NFC tag or something to that extent that allows you to save it so you don't need that, that browser bar piece. But I... Um, I like this. I like the way that this is going. This is kind of I have a very short-term memory as we just as we just saw. Um, oh no, it's it's fantastic, and I think that um, you know the the coupling with push notifications that they built into this. So it's yeah. not just you know I'm I'm reading a restaurant review online and then I tag it and then it stores it in the system for me. It's you know when I'm physically in the real world, you know near that uh, particular restaurant, I get a push notification that says, "Hey, you tagged this thing a while back." You might want to go check out this restaurant now, because since you're so close by, so so good. So it's, it's that combination of things that I think makes it really interesting. And then they also are are bringing you additional content, you know, connected to that location. So they're they're sourcing content from YouTube and Wikipedia and other things, you know, around those places as well to kind of add additional value to uh, you know informational value to what what you're looking at. I, I like that as well. I mean, I think that. You know what they talk about here that their their reason for being is really about um, uh, curating content for locations. So for for tourists, if you're or if you're new to a city or you're visiting a city that you or a country you've never been to, but this is just that added at that added little feature that I think they, that uh, restaurants or locations businesses can benefit from while people are yeah. using this tool. You know, I I always wonder like you know my, my big it's not a big challenge. Um, that I have for these companies is that you know when when you have to commit to a new platform all these this time is that I'm now I think that we're, I'm kind of leery about committing to any new platform it, w with a fear that uh, just like our next story like red red laser you commit to the platform and uh, like a milk ink right like uh, um, Kevin Rose's company and all of a sudden it's it's it disappears or it gets bought and it disappears and then all of that effort that you put into curating content and all of the places that you've tagged just kind of it's they become digital dead ends and and that's a frustration so I always wonder with these little companies like this you know uh, how much effort 
should I be putting into these things if if I think that you know there's a chance that they're either not going to survive or get bought? And I think a company like Tagwatt ends up getting bought, and then I worry about what happens to my data and whether or not they're going to continue with that product. So, you know, it's 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 a tough thing. Now, if they opened up the API, if they uh, gave me some way to extract my content from it, I'd be much more comfortable with a service like Tagwatt. So, but I like it. So go to uh, I, I think that they're just at. Um, tagwhat.com tagwhat.com you know pretty simple tagwhat.com and uh, it's a pretty cool pretty cool tool yeah it's, it's very cool tool so it's what, uh, it's what foursquare should foursquare, be doing if you're still out there and you're still doing that step it up please uh, tagwhat's right on your tail well that's why you I mean they announced what you know our four story we're going to be talking about foursquare but they announced that and it's it's so insignificant compared to something like if they did a save to foursquare um, if they just focused on that, man, they could they could do such great things. We'll get to that. Second story, Red Laser. Remember that company? That little company bought by eBay? That big company? Remember your prediction about eBay and, and Red Laser? I do. So uh, what, um, you know, they kind of uh, rolled up their sleeves and, and uh, are tackling uh, or, or trying to take on Shopkick, which is an interesting play. Yeah, so um, if you're not familiar with Red Laser, I mean, Red Laser was one of the leading barcode scanning apps out there, a company called Occipital. Uh, Easy for you to uh, say. Created that, and uh, um, eBay acquired them in 2010, uh, somewhere around there. And, um, you know, they've been sitting there with this technology, and I said, as I said in my uh, prediction way back when, you know, eBay has all these assets they've been quietly acquiring, and slowly putting them together, which is going to make them you know, a bit of a powerhouse in this industry. And, and so now we're seeing some of that come out in this announcement. So um, so what they've done is they've taken the Red Laser app and they've added a geofencing, uh, indoor uh, geofencing capability, indoor and outdoor geofencing capability, uh, and also combined it with Milo's real-time inventory system that they also acquired uh, a way back. Um, to, to give you this interesting uh, capability to kind of know when somebody walks into a store, uh, scan barcodes uh, while you're walking around. Um, they partner with Best Buy on this uh, in particular. And so um, you walk into a Best Buy store, it knows you're there. Uh, it, it can uh, deliver you know, personal uh, offers and rewards based on that uh, information. The interesting thing here is, is when you scan a barcode now, is because they have the Milo connection, is... You know, they can tell you right away whether that product's available in stock, how many they've got, all that kind of stuff, uh, which is, you know, valuable stuff. Um, Shopkick can't do that today, um, you know, and there's not a lot of apps that can give you that, that easy integration around that. You know, I'm challenged here. What I'm challenged with is the same thing I'm challenged with Shopkick is if they're trying to go that route, um, you know, personally, I don't see a lot of value in you know, running around a store and completing a scavenger hunt, um, you know, uh, you know, for, for some points. Like, that to me is, is not why people are in these stores. People are in these stores to, you know, they've done research already, they're there to buy a product, uh, a specific product, or they're there to, you know, price compare uh, something and, you know, look at available options and talk to somebody, you know, uh, on site who can give them additional information. Um, you know, for me, what's missing in this app, honestly, is they need augmented reality in this thing. And I'll tell you why. When you look at the latest of what's going on in in-store shopping apps right now, and you look at what Tesco's been doing in the UK and some of these other people, is, you know, even if you're Best Buy, you know, which is one of the biggest big boxes out there for electronics, you know, there's only so much shelf space. 
and you know maybe you carry you know a hundred TVs in inventory, but you can only display twenty because you know you have limited shelf space. Where's the other eighty TVs? How do people get to experience them? Are they supposed to go to your online catalog and take a look? Add augmented reality into this thing, and now you can you know visualize the stuff while you're there. You can turn it around. You can look behind the TV. You can look at all where all the connectors are. You can sort of almost touch and feel the thing. Um, you know, of all hundred TVs while you're there, and, and get pricing on them. And then you can, you know, you can talk to somebody and buy the thing, you know, while you're there. So that, to, that to me is the part that's missing here. Um, you know, from, from this, the, the the red laser piece is cool. It's interesting. I like that I can scan. I like that I can get real time inventory data. Um, you know, they have some weird open stock thing going on uh, as part of this announcement. I, I don't understand that one. Maybe you can comment on that one, Rob. I'm an open but, stock buyer, quite frankly. Um, yeah, these are the these are the these are the. Um, you know returns or whatever, and uh, so the, the items have been open. So they they usually give them a discount. You get a discount on these things. It's like uh, you know yeah. IKEA's as is section, right? Where uh, if it happens to be um, a return or a, an open box, you'll get a discount, and and they'll give you inventory about open box. Um, well, it's a weird thing to highlight, quite frankly. Just you know, is that a uh, a, a symptom of the industry that they have so many open box returns like that because you know maybe somebody found a different better price is that that's why one of the reasons why I don't yeah. turn it yeah um, I, I mean so for me the value here is okay you know you can detect when I'm there you can push me you know offers and deals that's cool that you know I'm there not unique but cool but they have to launch um, the app right that's when they launch the app that's the only time that they can, especially for red laser it can you can detect that you're that I'm there right yeah, yeah. yes yeah. Well, no, it's geofencing, right? Yeah. So it knows it knows that when you walked in the store, right? Um, but I have to have. I have to. So they built this geofence capability into the into the right. app, right? Yeah. Um, so the minute you walk in, they know you're there, and, and then they can push you content. So that so that's point number one. Point number two is I can scan something. I can see whether it's in inventory via Milo's data. That's Which that's cool. a value yeah. to me. It'll push me recommendations on a you know uh, complementary products. So you know I buy a. Uh, you know a uh, you know a, a new laptop, and it'll it'll push me you know uh, recommended headphones to to go with it or whatever, um, you know that kind of stuff. So all of these things are valuable. I like that they're starting to put them together, which is what I said they were going to do. Um, so, but but open stock, why, why are we highlighting that? I don't know. Well, yeah, I, you know, I, I question, I, I don't question this whole thing. I understand why they're doing it, and you know, uh, for a long time we criticized Best Buy about not kind of putting their head in the sand around this kind of showrooming that happens where people are walking in with red laser and scanning it and then going off and buying it around the corner. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, maybe I'm, I'm wrong here, and I've often been wrong, um, where I, I think that the, the technology that Shopkick is building and I think the technology of this whole, you know, this whole thing seems so dated to me that it's, it's, it's yeah. too old. Um, and and um, I, now I start to worry about the impartiality of red laser. Right when they sign up with something like Best Buy, where you walk into Best Buy, you scan a product, they'll give you the best price around that product. You can push your deals from within Best Buy. But what does that mean? It, you know, the, the beauty of, of Red Laser for me was that it was it was agnostic. Is I could scan a TV yeah. at Best Buy. Yeah, Rob, you got to monetize somehow, right? Oh. So, so at the end of the day, I mean, for me, this is a great move by Best Buy. Sure. I mean, Best Buy is Absolutely. sitting there going, "How are we combating showrooming?" Yeah. Well. You know, one of the apps that's being used to showroom us is, is Red Laser. So let's just partner with these guys. Let's get our stuff in there so that, you know, we're, we're, we can combat this a little bit. So they put a wall um, around it, which is what they've yeah. done. Let, let's, let's build a, you know, a bit of an ecosystem of content and, and, uh, and value around 
what people are already doing in our store. I get that. Yep. I mean, that's a great move by Best Buy. It is. And, and you know, I mean, I go into Best Buy with one thing in mind, to buy something that I've researched. Because I know on the website, I've done my research on the website, I know that there's inventory in the store. So it doesn't make sense for me. You know, I don't understand. I've done my price comparisons. I, I just think that this whole thing is dated, right? I just think that this whole process that they've gone through, Best Buy has to think a little bit more radically than sh than, than uh, using something like Red Laser to save their business. Now, for, for me, a Best Buy play here is is uh, to embrace the showrooming piece for everybody else. I, I mean, you know, if you want to be that be that company, uh, you know, uh, Gary talks about it in his book very, very effectively is that, you know, Best Buy for me is a done company. I mean, if this is their if this is their innovation play, um, the kind of the yeah. kind of well, let's well let's not hope this is their innovation play. Well, but I hope not. You know, I, I think this is just a uh, you know a step forward in uh, trying to you know fight the the one battle. Um, you know, while they're figuring out how they uh, you know actually you know leap leap, leap um, on the uh, on the strategy side because they're not there yet. We haven't seen it. yet. No, they should look at Amazon for their strategy right now. That's that's the way I think is that Best Buy should be looking at Amazon. But that's above and beyond this. So Red Laser. That, that, that's a whole other. Uh, it is. We, we could do we could do an entire show on the that. next story. Is really cool though. It is. Well, I just want to go to redlaser.com, uh, and if you're interested, go to shopcake.com. Uh, this this is an interesting play. Uh, you, you know, it just like. It, it's, I guess it's big news that Red Laser is going to take on Shopkick, and and uh, eBay is finally doing something with Red Laser, which we think is is a good call. Um, finally, all right. And if you have any thoughts on that, if you think you know what Best Buy should be doing, if you think this is a good idea, I mean, by all means, send us an email, post a comment wherever you see this. We'd love to hear from you guys around uh, around this topic. It is a contentious topic, as you can see. As Asif and I could probably spend the rest of the show just talking about this in our in our there own world. All right, third story. Uh, uh, now this is I can never pronounce this company's name simply because you know I, I'm not a runner, but uh, Saucony, which is a shoe company, uh, is going after Nike, and I think this is a brilliant idea. The way that they've done this and uh, the way that they've tied in uh, charity and a few other things. So first of all, let, let's talk about this. Everybody seems to be using this Nike Plus uh, running software. I see it every every time. I, you know what? Quite frankly, I don't give a shit that you ran three miles. Stop posting that crap to Facebook and, and Twitter. That's the last thing. What do you think? Well, first of all, I love this app. Yes. Uh, you know, forget about what Nike's doing right now. Uh, you know, th this Saucony uh, app, it's called Run uh, Number Four Good. Run for Good. Um, if you want to check it out. Uh, really, really cool because... You know, people who that I know who run and like you, I'm not a big runner. I mean, I'll I'll go out and run every once in a while, but you know, I'm I'm not I'm not out there running you know 10k every day or anything like that. But what what I like about this is people that I know who run, you know, that are doing these sort of marathons and half marathons and all this kind of stuff. They're always running for some cause. They're always running for charity of some of some sort. Uh, it seems, uh, in addition to sort of the health benefits around that. And and here's an app that basically that, that Saucony's put out that basically it, it is all about that. It's you know the more you run, the more you earn. Uh, you know to basically support this uh, you, you know this this particular charity that the that they're working with. So, so it, it's 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 really interesting. You know it's not just about you know tracking how much you've run or you know uh, sharing that on Facebook or Twitter like you know with the Nike stuff. This is all about running for for a cause. Yeah, fighting childhood obesity. I love it. Yeah, yeah. This is, um, you know, they're ta they're taking on Nike by this, and and they're doing it in in a, in a great way, which is something that Nike doesn't do. Nike is really about ego, um, and, and uh, you know, and tracking your own um, 
I mean, I mean, your own running. But this really is. I love the charity kick. And every month, like their their goal is to raise ten thousand uh, uh, dollars every month. And every month they're going to go to a different charity and and give that ten thousand dollars to. And it's based on getting people active, getting people fit through this thing. So you have your own personal goals, but every time you run a mile, it contributes to the goals of reaching ten thousand miles, which would lead to ten thousand dollars in uh, in funding or in in charity donations. That is freaking brilliant. It just, yeah. it just and, is. And the other nice piece about it is sort of from the location element of this is, you know, there's a GPS component to this where you can, you can build leaderboards within the system locally. So you can challenge, you know, friends uh, to kind of, you know, compete with them to, you know, who can raise more money by running more miles, you know, for local charities. You can, you, you know, so you can, you can set up these little things inside of the system that are local purely location based, you know, to, to where you are and where your friends are and your, your group of runners is, um, you know, and again, accumulate mileage towards, towards those monthly goals that, you know, then triggers corporate partners that, that Saucony has put together that kind of then kicks in the funding. So, you know, it, it, it's really cool. Um, so they're working with like the American Diabetes Association, you know, and, and a number of others around this, but it's all about fighting obesity. Yeah, uh, this is, this is great. It, it shows you the good marriage of of uh, you know a little bit of innovative thinking, but marriage of how um, you can you can contribute to the greater cause, which is um, contributing to you know for this one is fighting childhood obesity. So go and go and download it. It's uh, Saucony.com uh, or run for the the number for good And uh, you know it's in the notes here if you're watching it on Tether.tv. Just do it. Give it a try. And if you're using this, let us know what you think. Is this uh, is this better than the Nike? It just doesn't seem like Nike is updated to this extent. And uh, I'm a big fan of what these guys are doing. Yeah, it's very cool. And and apparently there are uh, you know the growth in running is incredible. And they're talking about a massive increase in the number of apps in this space by 2016. I don't know how they they determine that, but uh, they were talking about one statistic that um, I think it was you know. Uh, um, an incredible number of people actually uh, run. You know, ten percent of the population run more than fifty times a year in the states, which is which is which is impressive. So, uh, all the power to these guys. Go Saucony! All right, four story. Um, Foursquare. Do uh, you, you know this is this should be the announcement that says, hey, listen, they're they're uh, they see what Tagwood's doing. We're going to come out and we're doing the save to Foursquare. Um, but they've actually um, launches their they launch their real time friend alerts. And and you know I'm racking my brain. I'm thinking like, haven't don't I already know? You know I'm getting notifications when people are near me with radar, and I'm getting notifications when people check into locations. Uh, because that's what they do with, with Foursquare. So, w what's the difference here with a real-time friend alert, as opposed to when you check in a Seif, wherever you check in, I get that notification as well, right? What's the difference? Yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I, I think this, this is, this is a very, very strange announcement. I mean, this capability has been in the app for a while. Maybe they took it away. I guess on the last. Uh, iteration of, of, of the platform, the last new version of the platform. I guess they're putting it back in and pushing it out now as some some big new feature, but it, it's not. I mean, radar, uh, you know, it has been there with push notifications. This, from what I can tell, or at least the way they're positioning this right now, uh, and I and I I tried this the other day, but I'm not re I'm not really seeing you know a big difference here. So what this is is when you go to uh, the online side of Foursquare, when you go to foursquare.com. And you look at your friend's profile there. While you're there, you can set this thing that's this this feature that says always on for that particular user. 
And then when the person checks in somewhere, then you get a push notification. So, so it's uh, based on the location. So if you say, listen, when, when this person checks into a location, let me know, or when they just check in in general, let me know. I think yeah no this is based on the location whereas the other one from you know from what, the way I understand it the, the the other one is 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 you just get friends you get notifications for friends when they're in the same city but not specific to a specific like to, to an actual location within the city yeah but I mean when when you travel right and and when we follow each other on Foursquare um, but when when you travel, I get those notifications. It says, "Hey, you know, Asif checked into this location." So um, you know, you know, I'm I'm essentially following you, not the location, right? So I I don't know where you're going to end up, but I know where you're going, where you are. Exactly. It's weird. You know what, what's I I don't get this. There's three different ways for you to find your friends now, or to take keep track of your friends, and all of it sounds a little stalkerish. And they should be focusing on something like, "Hey, save to Foursquare." Yeah. Yeah, you know what's interesting. Exactly. You know what's interesting here, Asif? I, I just um, I picked up my iPhone five last uh, last week when it came out, and uh, I have not installed Foursquare. How's that? Cool. I have not installed Foursquare. I still use it. How? Through Path, through Instagram, all the other services, but I do not use Foursquare the app. It just dawned on me. What do you, did? Did you solve your mapping issues? Yes. Yeah, that's right. I used a, a third party. <laughs> use a third party mapping okay. software. Did you see? Um, just as a quick aside here, uh, you know, I, I know we're not supposed to be talking about, about this right now, but I, I saw Google came out with an announcement this morning saying they'll be releasing a uh, uh, an iPhone app uh, by the before the end of the year. So you know what? My- it was weird because uh, Schmidt um, got up and said uh, we will not release an iPhone app. Did you see this? He stood up and he said we are yeah, not I, releasing I an I iPhone saw, app. Yeah. And, and and I thought like. Why? If he, they knew this was happening, they should have had one out the day one. They missed a huge opportunity to to kind of swing things back in their favor. Uh, but I think that Christmas will be too late. I think that uh, that Apple will eventually get their their stuff together. But uh, yeah, why would Schmidt say that? Why would he say that? What a guy! Uh, I don't know. Deflection, you deflection. Know, at the end of the day, sometimes the competition just, you know, the heat of the battle, you know, you say, you say the wrong things. You do. Like, uh, he was upset. He said, you know what, Apple should have just left us in there. And uh, But that app, you know, uh, I, I use that Google app on the iPhone, and it's a terrible app anyways. It was not as rich as the Android experience, and I can understand why they didn't want it in there. It was ignored. It was forgotten. So um, I, I don't see a difference, really, between the iPhone uh, iOS maps and, and Google maps because, you know what, I don't use them. I didn't use either of them. And I won't use the uh, the iPhone one, iOS one for for directions anyway. So, but I All right. I didn't install Foursquare, so I don't really care about this. Um, and that's a, <laughs> okay. That's, uh, uh, all right, let's let's get on to our last. Uh, now this I here. care about clean toilets. How's that? We do care about clean toilets. So Singapore is one of the. I think it's one of the only nations that uh, countries that that uh, uh, has uh, outlawed uh, the act of chewing gum. You are not allowed to chew gum in there for cleanliness, and it's illegal. Here's. <laughs> I'm not lying here. It's illegal to urinate in elevators. So don't chew gum and urinate <laughs> in elevators and use this. Yeah, app. I mean, I mean, Singapore is one of, you know, you know, people like I travel a lot, obviously, to the U.S. And, you know, every time I'm there, I'm like, you know, people are like, where are you from, Toronto? Oh, yeah, I've been there. It's so clean. Yeah. Um, you know, Singapore is clean. Is, is clean. Okay, that, that, that is a whole different level of clean than, uh, than, than Toronto. Cleanliness uh, is, uh, is, I mean, is a primary feature, we'll say, of, of Singapore. But, but, and, and this, that, that's why this app and this website is so appropriate for a country like Singapore. Lou yeah. Connect. 
Now, food centers, markets and coffee shops are home to the dirtiest toilets in the country. So this is a recent survey conducted by the Restroom Association. But that's likely to change with a new system from RAS. Lou Connect is an interactive online map that allows users to identify clean or dirty public toilets at a glance. Feedback and photos can be added to the map, alerting other users of a facility's condition. RAS says the move is not meant to name and shame. For the clean toilets, we want uh, to really encourage them to I mean, recognize their good work and encourage them to continue their good work. And for the dirty toilets, once we have identified, uh, RAS will uh, proactively go and approach them to see how, in what way we can help them to improve and turn it from dirty toilets to clean toilets. So it has to be dry, clean, uh, orderless, and then you have all the toilet paper, uh, hand soaps uh, available for the user. So, so here's the thing. So I'm going to be in Singapore shortly um, and we're launching uh, the, the new LBMA chapter in Singapore November the 5th by the way if anyone's going to be uh, if anyone in Singapore is listening to this if the people from Lou Connect are listening to this um, you know come on out um, and join us just go to the LBMA site the LBMA.com you'll see the event there we, ho we hope we can see you there anyhow Lou Connect uh, um, L-O-O Connect Lou as in you know slang for, for toilet um, it, it actually stands for Let's Observe Ourselves. Um, it's put out by the Restroom Association of Singapore. Okay, they have a restroom association in Singapore. I love this. Um, and, and this is all about finding and rating, you know, clean toilets uh, or the cleanliness of toilets uh, around you. Um, and so there's disgusting toilets as a category, certified restrooms. Uh, they get you know, star restaurants. ratings. Uh, they have uh, you can rate toilets in in public schools uh, um, as well. They got a, a school rating for toilets. I mean, this is amazing, amazing stuff. You know what? And 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 completely one hundred percent necessary. I think uh, if you've ever gone into that, and I think that uh, uh, you know, I've often thought uh, when I, when I, when you walk into a Starbucks in North America and and the washroom is in complete disarray, uh, there should be a uh, a QR code or an NFC uh, tag in that bathroom that allows you to immediately report it. You know, and I think that something like this, like a Luke Luke Connect. Um, you can you can see the value in this. It's weird, but it's part of customer service, man. This is so important to customer service, and and the yeah. washroom experience is imperative. It, it's it's huge, and, you know. And while we're on the topic, I mean, this, obviously, this is not the first location-based, you know, no. bathroom finder no. uh, around, uh, you know, public toilet finder. You know, the difference is this one's focused on cleanliness in particular. Um, there is another app that came out just just uh, you know I don't know a few weeks ago um, that uh, Charmin. Out called Sit or Squat, yeah. um, and uh, so take a look at that one. Uh, it's a bathroom finder here in the U.S. Uh, PNG put it out under the Charmin division, um, and you know similar kind of thing. Uh, it doesn't have the same level of kind of ratings around cleanliness as, as the Lou Connect one, uh, but you know find find bathrooms around you. Um, there are there is some ratings uh, within that as well, and photos and kind of. You know, hours of availability for public restrooms and things like that. So, um, you know, lots of good apps out there uh, around this kind of thing. You no, know, it's funny. I just I just went to Sitter Squad. I'm pulling it up right now, and um, they ask actually ask you a uh, an age verification question at the beginning. Right. That's weird. I, I mean, but uh, yeah. I mean, basically, Sitter Squad by Charmin. Find a bathroom, and uh, whether or not the cleanliness is important. You know what? It, it's so silly, but but um, restaurants. Coffee shops, 
business locations, you're going to be judged on the cleanliness of your bathroom. So uh, I don't know how we got down this this topic, but uh, <laughs> clean washrooms are important. So Singapore and their Lou Connect, I love the idea of a certified washroom. Like, you, you know, like, uh, you know, five-star restaurants or Michelin-star restaurants. Like, I wonder if we're going to get into that level of bathrooms. Like, yeah, three Michelin stars for my bathroom. Forget the food, but you can eat off the floor in the washroom. Those are the five stories that uh, are important for you to know about. We really think that these are very important stories. Uh, and hopefully the insight that we've given here uh, allows you to take some of this and bring it into your business, understand what you should be doing. And if you are one of these companies that we've talked about and you want to come on and clarify some of the issues that we brought up, we would love to have you as a guest. Reach out on tethergmail.com or asif at the lbma.com. Asif, once again, great stories. You can tell that they're great stories when you and I don't always agree. And that's the best thing about this is that these stories are contentious because they, we are living this as we're, this industry is evolving. So very cool. Thanks, man. No worries. So our guest today, great guy, a huge amount of respect for, for Gary Schwartz. He is the author of The Impulse Economy. He's also the um, newly minted author. It's a brand new book that just came out this week called Fast Shopper, Slow Store. And it's all about the retail experience and how mobile is disrupting that and what he calls mobile, such a broad term. And I got to sit down with Gary, and I love sitting down with a guy because I learn from him every time, whether I see him in person, whether I talk to him on the phone, or we do an interview, I learn from this guy. He is one of the most enthusiastic uh, guys I know about this industry, about retail, about mobile, about payments, about privacy. He just he just uh, imbues and spews mobile, and I, I, and I love that. I love him for it because he's just uh, he's so enthusiastic about it. And he's been doing this for a long time. He's a, the founder and CEO of Impact Mobile. And I got to sit down with him and we talked about why advertising, why simple advertising is just not good enough anymore. And, and it's not a path to purchase that advertising should be leading you to. It is absolutely a purchase that advertising should be leading you to. So this is a about a six or six or seven minute segment around this very topic. It's around what is wrong with just advertising. And uh, if you're interested in the longer episode, uh, it's about 45 minutes. It's up on untether.tv. It's well worth it. Gary is a knowledgeable guy about this, and you'll see from this very short clip of that interview. So I'm going to roll it here. Here's Gary. Advertising. Yeah. I mean, advertising, <laughs> and I know this because, uh, you know, it, 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 the whole idea of um, saying to somebody, look, I'm here. I'm a branded message. I'm a billboard. I'm, you know, in the mall, I'm an advert on 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 some sort of you know uh, digital media, whatever it is, and 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 all it is is to say, hey, I'm here, um, I'm a boss jacket, and I'm here to say I love you. Is such a pathetic advertising vehicle in 2010 when when your customers are saying I want to buy you and part the purchase can turn into purchase what is this part the purchase thing part the purchase is an excuse to abandon your shopping cart because part the purchase is a very perilous path and 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 so from from this ad says hi I'm here to bricks and mortar cloud is a perilous journey where you have your competitors trying to eat your lunch the whole way, you have to move from path to purchase to purchase. Screw the path. And media has an opportunity to say not only, hi, I'm here, but hi, I'm here, I'm for sale. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, it, 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 people need to understand that media can have a, 
a shopping network overlay. So it's not just about, and the problem is, is that most agencies, you know, most brands have a media buying agency, they have a digital agency, they have an interactive um, promotional agency, etc. And I know those guys meet and I know they, they try to be congenial um, and, and, and share ideas and, you know, everybody's very mature. But the reality is that they leave those meetings and do what they do, which is buy media, run promotions, and they try and grow their budgets. So the, the reality is, is that, and we talked about this before, is that mobile, for whatever, that, whatever mobile means, uh, is the most time we spend on one media and the, the lowest budget that we allocate. And what we need to do is to say, instead of saying, let's allocate more budget to mobile, because that's not what I'm advocating. Mobile is really cost effective, is to take your mobile and shove it into your print and shove it into the other less utilized vehicles to give it a new life. And that's where the evolution of retail is, is to take this newfound interactivity. And we're not talking about the web. We're talking about the newfound interactivity on devices like this and shove it into your print. Keep the print budget high, but make them purchase vehicles and not high on here. I love that. You know, uh, that, that uh, bears, uh, it's worth repeating that simply, you know, when, when I when I talk to a lot of uh, media companies that, that their their whole business is on advertising, right? It, it is a one way relationship. They can't get it through their head that that they have to be commerce enabling. That's what they, that's what if you're a newspaper, if you are doing advertising as your business, uh, you know what? You can't stop at the page. Right, you are going to be judged now on what happens next. So you got that ad, that's great. But how many times did a customer buy as a result of that ad? And not just go into the store and say, "I saw the ad." It's like, no, enable commerce at that moment, right then and, and there. And let me add something to that: is that it's if we go back to that loyalist engagement, that loyalist sees that blazer, whatever it is, and. I always say, you know, when you window shop, you would not window shop if that store didn't open in the morning. Right. You window shop because there's a possibility of purchase. People only are interested in your product because they have the possibility of buying it. So give them the opportunity to buy the damn thing. And, and, and let me tell you, and I, statistically I can tell you, when we put a, a, a messaging call to action to our customers out there to say, message, product information, full launch, uh, sale, whatever it is, we get say a one, you know, a one, let's say N click through rate. When we start talking about when we add introduce color and when we introduce a shopping call to action, in other words, it's not just that we have a full promotion, we have a full promotion and click here and buy it, we get six times, six N the click-through rate. So I can tell you right here as I live and breathe that this is not an abstract concept. Your loyalists want to buy. You need to focus on your loyalists. You need to get them your circle of trust through all your retail touch points so that they don't abandon you when they're shopping across and fluidly and promiscuously across all those touch points. And then give them something to buy. And I can't understand how a retailer who's in the business of selling can't understand that the consumer wants to buy. Just, like it's mind-boggling, isn't it? Because like it is. Like, this is your business. What is, what is that? What is that? Like oh.
And that is Gary. Uh, so you, you see the enthusiasm that he has for this industry. And his book, it's a short book. It's a buck. Uh, if you can get on the Amazon Kindle, it's Fast Shopper Slow Store. I implore you, go and download it, go and read it, and then reach out to Gary himself because he would love to hear from you that he you bought the book or have some questions for him. As I said, the longer form interview is up on untether.tv. That wasn't enough Gary Schwartz, which I think there is never enough Gary Schwartz. Go and check it out on tether.tv and just it should be one of the top top episodes on the front page right now. Anyways, as of right now, September 29th, 2012. Gary, I know you know Gary quite well, uh, Asif. I do. Yeah, actually, I just saw him a couple weeks ago and uh, we were both uh, in Denver for that uh, mobile payments uh, conference. And uh, yeah, fantastic guy. Um, you know, always has something uh, valuable and interesting to say. So. so go buy his book. Support the guy. Yeah, and you guys were both do. keynotes at Untether Talks. I I, cho I chose you well. Two, two. A great title. I mean, come on, fast shopper, slow store. Uh -huh. I love it. Ah, yes, Gary Schrotz. Uh And you can obviously go to uh, theimpulseeconomy.com if you're interested in a little bit more information. Should say that theimpulseeconomy.com. All right, on to our funding and acquisition news. Uh, this week, big companies getting into the fray, small companies getting a little bit of funding, uh, but two, two acquisitions and, and a small amount of uh, money being, being invested into a company. The first one, as Groupon tries to figure out their business model and transition away from what was, you know, I think everybody's kind of waking up and realizing that, hey, hey it's a publicly traded coupon company at a great discount for their shares. They're trying to change their business model. They picked up a company called Savored, and you like this. I, I actually think this is good for, for Groupon. Um, so Savored is a, uh, is a company that's been around for a little while. They, um, it's a um, reservation service for restaurants with a deal focus to it. So it's kind of like open table but with deals. Um, and, and so they've got about 1,000 restaurants on the system. Um, and so it's all about filling empty tables uh, by you know heavily discounting uh, you know the items on the menu and getting people in. And obviously, Groupon's business is all about discounting. And um, so so this is sort of a good a good fit for them in, in a sense. Uh, focused on the restaurant industry uh, helps them you know sort of you know get, get a leg up in that side of things. Um, and I, they're now as part of this, they're basically saying you know any business that's uh, that's on the system here gets a free 30-day trial uh, as well. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, there'll be some integration there. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is 30-day trial of Groupon services, you know, layer on top of the Sabred uh, system. Well, Sorry. Sabred used to charge, right? They used to have a membership fee of 10 bucks, and, and that was for uh, for anybody who wanted to book a table. So it was kind of a nuisance fee, but it meant that there weren't any of these, um, you know, errant, shall we say, reservations and and we've all been in restaurants where reservations don't show up and so i thought at least there was a business model in this and now savored i think from earlier this year has gone free so they're not making any money on the reservations the restaurants are not giving them any money to at least at the time there's no sharing of uh, or swapping of fees based on the discount rate of or or bill bill value so i don't know how these guys are making money unless they're charging the restaurants to actually display in the website and that doesn't seem like a restaurant would pay for that but they yeah yeah no I, and i don't know either but uh, the one thing that i thought was interesting about this uh is groupon is letting saver run as a separate standalone business yeah now. so they don't uh, so they um, don't ruin so that's kind of interesting and then we'll see we'll see how that plays out and how much integration happens between the groupon platform uh, in particular the groupon now platform 
and uh, and and what's happening with the Savored system. I think so. it's a good it's a good avenue for Savored, definitely. But I just pulled it up on the screen right now. It's it's a there's a 30 day free trial for restaurants. So I'm going to assume that there's a there's a fee for restaurants to be a part of this. I'm not sure what it is, and and again, I don't know how effective it is. But Groupon buys them. No no terms of the deal were disclosed. But I think that this is just one of many more acquisitions that Groupon is going to be doing in order to be able to change their business model model to a much mm -hmm. more relevant um, business, really, quite frankly, one that actually maybe makes some money and, and creates value. What I love about something like Savored is the fact that they're doing it's about that excess inventory. When the tables are empty, the restaurants need to fill tables all the time. So they, you know, I love the discount by time uh, initiative. So I think it, this is probably a good thing for Groupon. I'm not saying that Groupon's smart. I'm still not saying that Groupon's a business yet, but I think this is a good acquisition, hopefully. But then again, right. on the other side, I see. I think I see. Man, what what am I talking about? It's bullshit. These guys aren't making any money. Right? So why would a company that's not making <laughs> they're any, just a coupon company, right? Why would Groupon, who's not making any money, create buy another company that's not no, making any money? The next thing will be they'll they'll put out a Groupon on their stock. Exactly. Well, they already did that, didn't they? <laughs> uh, all right. So Groupon buys Savored. I don't care. I just think that Groupon's a terrible company. So second story. Uh, this company called Eve's Drop, E-V-Z-D-R-O-P, uh, closes $500,000. And these, this is a very similar company to a good friend of ours, a good friend, a good company that I, I love very much. And, I, and I, you know, I see some similarities with this. Eve's Drop sounds like local mind uh, displayed a little bit differently. So they raise a little bit of money. Yeah, I mean, first of all, this is another Chicago-based company. I mean, Chicago is just a hotbed right now of startups in this space, you know, in, in, in the location world, whether it's Groupon or Belly or now Eavesdrop or, you know, whatever. I mean, there's just a lot of activity going on around there. So this is an iPhone app. They raised 500K. Uh, it's coming from a bunch of angel investors. Um, uh, Co-founder is a guy named David Rush, um, so he's, he's sort of leading this thing and kind of uh, coordinating the funding and, and growth of this thing. But you know, what is it? Uh, it for me, it's kind of like, like a, a mashup of local mind and broadcaster uh, of sorts. So this is about people being in places, uh, leaving uh, messages, um, you know, for others to discover, you know, tagged to maps in the future, as well as real time. Uh, opinions and insights uh, from people who are actually there right now. So it's the combination of those things. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, and, and it could be text messages, it could be photos, you know, Instagram uh, location tagging, it could be, you know, anything really. I mean, I don't think there's video in this, uh, but uh, other than video, uh, I think you can pretty much leave any kind of message you want. Yeah. Uh, this it, it really is very much a good good uh, assessment, right? Because I mean, what they're talking about is dropping. So you, you basically you're either in the location and uh, you are leaving feedback or leaving leaving real time comments, and somebody's following that location and getting getting that real time comments and 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 uh, and and conversation, I suppose, that's happening around that location. Or you are at the place and you leave a comment behind. You drop a comment there. This is this yeah. is a really interesting. It's very interesting. It sounds like local mind, really, quite frankly. Yeah. The other thing I really like about this is is there's a there's a business uh, angle to uh, the eavesdrop platform as well. So if you're a business owner, um, they've got a dashboard that they built that lets you go in and analyze all the drops that have been left, you know, at your place of business. Um, and you can you can kind of look at them by location, by sentiment, by demographic, by a bunch of things. So you can actually get some real nice data and, and analyze this data around you know what's actually happening at my location. You know what's been left here, what's been dropped here. 
Um, and, and then obviously you can kind of you know, create you know campaigns to react to that um, and kind of hopefully act on that in the future. So really cool. Uh, yeah, no, no, no complaints here. No complaints at all. So go to evzdrop, evesdrop.com. You'll see some information about those guys. Also check out localmind.com, similar in, in scope. Yes. More real time, I, I would say. Um, you know, uh, local mind allows you to reach out and and actually tap somebody on the shoulder who's in the bar and get get a get a you know an insight from an expert. Or also a little bit of differentiation is that they if you like sushi in a location or in a city, there are tagged experts in sushi that you can reach out and say where should I go. So it's it's a little bit different. Exactly. But boy, it's very it's cool. it's getting uh, getting competitive in that space. Third story, big company. Heard of this company, Cisco? Not the food company, Cisco, the router company. This is probably right up your alley. This is like this takes you back a couple of years before the LBMA, Asif, when you were the Wi-Fi guy, right? Picking up a company yeah. called Think Smart Technology. It, it does take me back, um, but 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 not so far back that uh, you know it, it's it's a hot thing right now. So I mean, I get why Cisco's buying this. So Cisco bought a company called Think Smart Technologies. These guys are based in Cork in Ireland. Um, and uh, you know this is this is all about location analytics. So uh, ThinkSmart is a company that basically you know, helps you understand uh, what's happening inside of a location based on the Wi-Fi technology that's sitting there. Ex so explain that. Not unlike what a lot of the third-party guys have been doing, anyways. The point insides of the world, the wireless works, the proximus mobilities, all these lo indoor location guys that we've talked about before. You know, ThinkSmart is a company that is is, is in that same space. Um, so they're helping you understand, you know, inside your retail store, you know, analyze the data that's in there. How long are people, you know, staying? What time of day are people coming in? What venue are they coming from? You know, all that kind of stuff. So, so it's a pure analytics, data analysis, crunching based on Wi-Fi. Obviously, Cisco is a hardware company that you know makes a lot of these Wi-Fi systems. So. You know, layering this kind of analytics tool on top of the existing hardware potentially in the future, and and having that be part of what you sell when you sell that Wi-Fi router is is pretty powerful. Yeah, I would say, I would say, and uh, so, but how does this work? Is it is it it's anonymous data that it's picking up because it's picking up things like dwell time, and and I think that th those are really important yeah. statistics. Yes. Yeah. So, so the way most of these systems right now are working is is that you know you basically. Uh, gather the SSID information and then combine that with you know unique uh, you know IP information off of the, the the individual device. You don't necessarily know who owns that device or who they are, but what you can tell is that particular device you know comes here every Tuesday at three o'clock uh, for a coffee. Um, and then when they when they're done there, they go to this place at six o'clock and you know and so on and so forth. So you have all this data. Uh, that's you know sort of anonymous, but you know, but not in, in the sense that you know it's tied to a single uh, device ID. Yeah, I, I mean that's it's very very important. You think about the data that you leave behind when you uh, log on to a free Wi-Fi connection at Starbucks, right? They have that much, in, they have, they have that understanding of you that you were there for two and a half hours. Yeah. And, and uh, then they, they look at the sales during that period of time. They can correlate all those things. They look at your frequency, and especially in retail, I think this is key. Dwell time basically is is the key to retail engagement, right? So th this is really important when you start to talk about free Wi-Fi. And oh, I, I love this. I love this kind of stuff. And, and you know, we're big fans of analytics. So obviously anything that has to do with yeah. crunching the data and then using the data, not just putting it into a database and saying, hey, we got it. Don't worry. It's right here. Database right here. We got the data. Use the data. Find your one metric. Leverage that one metric and then and then actually do something, action on it. And I think that this is one of those acquisitions. Cisco. 
they are the router company, right? So at least they were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Groupon buying Savered. We got a little company called Eavesdrop getting half a million dollars and Cisco acquiring, acquiring Think Smart Technologies. If you have a deal, if you're funded, if you're about to get funded, if you're in embargo, you can't talk about it and you want to us to actually push it out when you can talk about it, let us know. Reach out on tether gmail.com or cfetthelbma.com. We'd love to feature it. I don't care if it's a dollar or five bucks or ten bucks, thousand dollars, a million dollars. Reach out. We'll, we will feature you in our funding. Or and, and if you've got some bucks kicking around and you want to fund Rob and I or you want to sponsor this show, we're open to that too. We are. 100%. 100% open to that. 20 bucks and a case of beer. We are Canadian. That's about all, right? Yeah, something like something that. Like that. We'll let you do. Yeah, don't quote me on that. Those are the funding <laughs> stories. We would love to hear from you if you have something that can contribute to that. So please reach out on tether.gmail.com. And even if you're not ready to do it, just think about us. We would love to have you in here. And we yes. will keep. We will hold the embargo true. So don't worry about that. We won't tell anybody. Well, I might tell my mother, but I won't tell anybody else. All right, we're on to our last piece here, which is the resource of the week. And, and for once, we've decided to bring in a Google piece. And uh, this is, I can't believe we're still having this conversation, really, quite frankly, around uh, mobile websites and the fact that mobile websites convert and mobile websites actually enhance your brand and not having a mobile website, if you're a retailer or your business, might actually detract from your brand. I can't believe we're having this conversation, but apparently we still are, Steve. I can't either, but you know what? It's surprising the number of times I get asked about this on a panel. You know, when I'm speaking, what, what do they ask you? Whatever, you know, like sh by a retailer. You know, should you know? Should we do this? You know, should we build a mobile uh, site? Or you know, should we do this? Should we have a mobile app? Should we, you know, whatever? And um, so, anyways, you know, here's Google um, coming out with some new data. Mobile-friendly sites turn visitors into customers. Um, Sixty-seven percent of uh, a mobile-friendly site makes me more likely to buy a product or use a service. Um, and 61% uh, say if I don't see what I'm looking for right away on a mobile site, I'll quickly move to another site. Uh, and there's a bunch of other great data in here. And, th and this is actually a very well, you know, like most things Google does, uh, you know, from a research perspective, very, very well done. Uh, two separate research, uh, independent research firms uh, here, Sterling Research and Smith Geiger. Um, over a thousand people surveyed uh, for this uh, adult uh, U.S. smartphone users. So, you know, good, good sample uh, in here as well. So, and lots of good data. So take a look. Yeah, I think it's worthwhile. If you just go to googlemobileads.blogspot.ca and, and do a search for mobile-friendly sites, turn visitors into customers, or just do that in Google, I'm pretty sure that it'll come up. Google, the search engine, you know, heard of them. This is, I, I, but I'm so floored that, that we're still having this conversation. And, uh, but you know what, I bump into it everywhere. And some of the media companies that I work with every day, they're asking me about this. They're trying to figure out what content goes where, how do they display this? Do they need mobile sites? Do they need an app? And, and it's kind of a um, putting, pushing the, putting the, the cart before the horse. A lot of the time, my, the question that I always ask is, well, you tell me, I mean, how are people interacting with your content? Do you need it? Do you need it? But if you're a retail yeah. business out there, if you're a restaurant, yeah. Hey, buds, you need it. For the single reason here, I'm just going to give you a hint, is that Google, this great search engine that we leverage every single day to find everything that we're doing in life so far today, weighs mobile-ready websites ahead of non-mobile-ready websites. So if somebody's searching for your business on a mobile device and you don't have a mobile website, you don't get ranked high. Even if you are ranked high uh, by SEO and the traditional web, which is desktop web, 
It is different. The algorithm yep. is different on mobile. So get it in your head that you need this as a basis. You just need a mobile-ready website. Start, for Christ's sake. Just do something, please. Or else, you know what? The 96 other episodes plus this one, making them 97, have been a waste if you don't build a website. And you know what? That's <laughs> that's basically 400 hours of a thief in our time. So we don't we don't take lightly to that. Please, please, please go and build a website. That's it. Episode number 97. My plea is over. The website, the the episode is done. Uh, I see if you are heading off to Chicago for a couple of days. We will get a rundown of Ramp when you get back. I can't wait to hear how this is because this is going to be, I think, definitive. And I want to know year over year where their headspace is. I think this is going to be a very interesting time for this. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, I think I think we're going to have the who's who's going to be in the room for this one just because MCX is, yeah. uh, you know, is opening this thing up. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to hear right from the horse's mouth, so to speak, what they have to say about it. Um, you know, and, and it's big. I mean, you know, uh, when you've got that, you know, that many big merchants all banding together saying, you know, we're not interested in ISIS. We're not interested in Google Wallet. We're not, you know, we're doing our own. We don't want um, Square. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Well, I, I can't wait for next week, which is, of course, Canadian Thanksgiving. Uh, we will be back for episode number 98. You can count on it. Uh, so, yeah. And, and here, so here, here's my, my uh, you know, if you're still listening, you know, we're like an hour into this now. If you're still listening to this show, I'm going to do my best and darndest to get somebody from MCX to be the guest on this show next nice. week. How's that? Nice. So the three stay, people that are still listening. Exactly. You should open with that, Asif. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, safe travels. And for you guys out there, uh, for, on behalf of both Asif and myself, we really appreciate you guys sticking around. The feedback that we're getting, the momentum that the show is getting, this is uh, this is a labor of love that Asif and I do. And it's because we love the industry. We want to bring you some relevant in information about it. But we also want to give you insight. And that's what we hope that we bring each and every week to this episode. We'd love your feedback. If we're doing a good job, if we're not doing a good job, please reach out. You know where to find us. But we will be back for sure with episode number 98 next week. We'll see you then. Asif, safe travels, man. Cheers. See you, everybody.